Hello and welcome to the Creative Chat, presented by the Destination Imagination Alumni Council. I'm Michael Russell. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk with alumni of the Destination Imagination Challenge Experience about how they use creativity and problem solving in their everyday life and career. We'll also explore how Destination Imagination helps shape their lives and what they are today. Destination Imagination is a global educational nonprofit dedicated to inspiring the next generation of innovators, leaders, and creative problem solvers. Through the challenge experience, students solve one of six different open-ended STEAM-based challenges that build upon the skills they learn in the classroom. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Ayan Gupta, a Washington State DI alum, founder and CEO of STEMS Education, and 425 Magazine's youngest individual named to their 30 under 30 list for 2019. Joining us now on the creative chat is Ayan Gupta. He competed at Destination Imagination in Washington when he was in fourth grade to 10th grade, was able to go to global finals five times and came in fifth place in unlikely attraction, the scientific challenge in 2018 at Globals. He's also the founder and CEO of STEMS Education. He was featured in 425 Magazine's 30 Under 30 for 2019, the youngest individual featured this year. And above top of all that, he is still a senior at Tesla STEM High School in Redmond, Washington. Ian, welcome to the Creative Chat. Yep. Thank you. I want to start by learning more about how you got started in Destination Imagination. So in your feature in 425 Magazine, 30 Under 30, you said that you uh, were kind of talked into it. So what was your first kind of experience like when you got into DI? Right. So um, in fourth grade, when I first started Destination Imagination, it was run by the PTSA. And back then, nobody really had any idea what it was. Um, in fact, uh, our team manager was a seventh grade uh, girl named Jenny, and she was the one who actually mentored our team for the next two years. If it weren't for her, I don't think I'd be this far into DI um, and where I am currently. And I know you said you you stopped competing in 10th grade, but you still volunteer with your affiliate there in Washington. What else, What kind of things are you still doing to stay involved with the program? Right. So um, starting last year, I organized uh, the first instant challenge workshop for our region, which saw over 200 attendees. And I'm planning to do the same um, this January, February. I'm also working on uh, piloting a program for our state where we can recruit other high school mentors or alumni to mentor other teams. Um, I started actually mentoring teams back when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And that team has that that number of teams has now grown to 10 15 and we're trying to expand that more because destination imagination is just truly such a unique program that getting that mentorship really helps kids connect with each other and learn the most they can i i think it's great that you you started on a team you had two years you had a mentor like kind of brought you really into it and kept you going with it um what do you see from your own perspective as being what really led you to love DI and kind of think that it was something you wanted to stay involved with? Right. So um, I'll uh, go back a bit. Starting in fourth grade, Mm -hmm. I guess I was a super shy kid going to the store and asking one of the employees there where I could find like duct tape was probably one of the hardest things anybody could ever ask me to do. Right. But just finding that space with my team to really just build anything I want really attracted me to DI. And just getting the create 
creativity flowing and just allowing me to just kind of retreat back into this space where I can do whatever I want just really attracted me and uh, made me, I guess, happy at the time. And I know kind of from a lot of this, you also went out and you created your own company called STEMS Education. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this company that you founded. Right. So STEMS Education is kind of based off of the idea of student-to-student mentorship. Right now, if you go online, the industry average for an hour of tutoring in suppose algebra or biology or reading or writing is $50 an hour plus. So oftentimes that isn't accessible to most Americans. So what I'm trying to do here is there's a huge market of high schoolers who are trying to find jobs. And then there's also a huge market of parents who are trying to find affordable tutoring. So what I do is I've created a platform which connects high schoolers which just learned Algebra 1 or just learned Algebra 2. And I connect them to the parents um, and their students who need help in that subject. And then for a mere $20 an hour, they're getting um, the mentoring from a teacher or a student who just learned the topic. Also, one of, I guess, the largest issues we have today is parents try to teach their kids their way and everybody gets upset because the kids are like, no, I didn't learn it that way in school. And the parents are like, this is the way to do it. So removing that generation gap, kids learn better from each other and it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I remember even going to college and and being asked by some of my my roommates and my friends that I had on my floor in my dorm to to help them with a subject and I would kind of want to teach them the way I learned even and being you have similarities, but it still is. I would know how to do it based on the school I was in. So being connected with someone and then being able to help them kind of learn that, especially when it's fresh in your head, because I'd be trying to help them with something that I learned maybe three years ago, because I I was fortunate enough to test out of having to take that subject in college. Um, But having that mentorship program and having people that want to do it as well, I think that's a great business model as well. Um, I'm sure that you having a mentor in DI helped lead your decision to create this program. And I understand that you also have a lot of your friends from your DI program are involved in our mentors in STEMS education, right? Right. Yes. In fact, some of the teams which I started mentoring years ago have now turned into mentors and are still competing in the program. That's fantastic. Um, How do you see STEMS education evolving over the years, especially as you move on to college eventually, I'm guessing, and then out into the workforce, do you see yourself continuing to run this program? Right. Yeah, I definitely do. Like, I'm super thankful for the mentorship I've received over the years. I like credit all my self-growth and my personality to that kind of mentorship. And I'm really just trying to give back what I was fortunate enough to receive. So right now, this mentorship program is kind of contained in uh, the Puget Sound region. Uh, the east side area of Washington. But eventually, I do want to look for, forward to partner sh- uh, partnering with high schools and uh, really expand this program as um, we try to increase STEM accessibility. I think that's that's fantastic. Um, and I know your, your work with STEMS education also is what led you to be featured in 425 Magazine's 30 Under 30. This is how we on the Alumni Council found you. We kind of saw that article out there being shared by your affiliate um, what does it mean to you and what was it like kind of finding out what you're going to be featured in this? Well, I guess it was kind of a long journey. Like I never really anticipated that I would get like 
uh, media attention for what I'm doing. I was doing it simply because I enjoyed teaching and I enjoyed just seeing kids smile and learn from DI or various other STEM programs. Uh, but I guess it was kind of a pretty uh, sweet, I guess, surprise for me to see. And then, and then from that also, there was more, because of the media attention, more people are now starting to contact me for mentorship opportunities or to get mentored. I think that's, I mean, to, to do something, and, and like I said in the beginning, and like we, we see in the article, you're the, the youngest person to be featured in uh, this 30 Under 30 feature this year. Um, I think it's just amazing what you've been able to put together while still being in high school. And now as you start to look beyond high school as well, uh, I remember not feeling like I had a lot of time my last couple of years of high school when I was doing DI. I was in my school's theater program. I was working a job as well. Uh, I played piano when I was in school, so I was doing that all the time. So how do you find time to kind of do everything you want to do right now um, and run a company that's successful? Right. So I guess I kind of had to pick which battles I wanted to fight. Um Again, back in 10th grade, which was the, my final year of competing in DI, that was like mm-hmm. the time I made the decision that I feel like I've gotten as much as I can out of competing in DI. Now I want to reinvest into this program. And then I kind of, everybody who participates in DI knows how many hours get put into creating your solution. So I kind of reinvested that time into STEMS education to better that. And then I also kind of just picked two or three other extracurriculars. Like I participate in underwater robotics, um, wow. <laughs> but I don't really um, participate in too many school clubs. I just pick one or two things and I really just focus on those. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I always was flabbergasted by people that did four or five different clubs and were somehow still able to, to do well. I I always felt it was best to kind of put the majority of your focus into one or two things and kind of make those things great. Um, so now that you're, you're a senior in high school, uh, you said uh, right before we started recording that you are going to be working on your college applications. Um, what are you thinking you want to do for college? Either what school you're looking at or what kind of program are you thinking you want to do? Right. So I guess DI has also shaped that aspect of me. So through DI, I participated in the technical challenge for many, many years and then the scientific challenge for two years. And that's kind of shaped me as an engineer who doesn't just like the program or who just likes to just build something. I've kind of really enjoyed and learned to love the entire engineering process. So I'm looking for some sort of interdisciplinary engineering study where I can do some programming, some mechanical, some electrical. So this is probably going to be some like electrical computer engineering with concentrations in robotics or maybe just robotics. But I guess I'm just kind of looking into colleges, which would allow me the flexibility to really follow and pursue what I want to. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Um and I, I have a feeling kind of from what you've said, you, you've already stepped away from com- competing with DI, but you're still volunteering with it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume what you're going to continue to volunteer even when you're at college, if you can. Is that yep. something that's in the cards? Yes, for sure. And do you think you want to kind of move up within the DI program? Do you think you want to stay as just kind of a volunteer that runs a program here or there, maybe as an appraiser? Or do you think you eventually want to get a, a larger leadership role, like being in a board of directors or your affiliate or, or something like that? 
I think definitely being able to move up on this ladder and get a larger affiliate role would help me. Like I, I just always have these ideas on how to expand DI to larger demographics and uh, really expand access to maybe lower income brackets. Um, so I really think that having access to that kind of leadership role would really just let let me uh, follow my passion and keep expanding DI and share what I was fortunate enough to receive. Yeah. And you are also very lucky in the sense that your affiliate director out there in Washington, Lindsay Holdren, is an alum herself, one of the few alumni affiliate directors in the program. So you have someone who can help mentor you and help help recognize your talent, someone who knows how valuable we as alumni are within the organization. So you're very lucky in that sense as well. Yeah, for sure. Lindsay has played a key role in my growth over the past few years. She encouraged me, even though like I didn't get too much support uh, to organize the first IC workshop. She was kind of there to guide me through the process. How like I need I need to get insurance from DIHQ. Why? She kind of told me about that <laughs> and uh, helped me figure out some of the more legal um, uh, issues there. That's fantastic. Um, so I w- I want to get to something that you said in your thirty under thirty feature. Um, and I'm going to quote what you said here, which is uh, like you want to be able to, quote, make a measurable impact on the world, one which will live for generations. What kind of impact did you have in mind? Right. So I like to uh, take myself as an example. Right. So um, I guess it was through these STEM activities or destination imagination, which kind of led me to creating this uh, company, STEMs Education. So what I have in mind is that if everybody has access to this kind of education, think about all like the differences which us kids would be able to make from solving the 14 grand challenges of engineering to making even just smaller impacts to maybe distributing books in lower income areas. So I feel like if everybody gets access to affordable STEM education, then we unlock the potential of hundreds and thousands of kids who can then go on to make larger differences, which will live on for generations. That's fantastic. I think that's one of the things that we all in DI, especially the alumni, we talk about how can we make this more accessible and more amazing for our participants um, because we certainly recognize the difference that, that kids can have in society. Um, and to a certain extent, adults seem to listen to kids when they talk, especially when they talk about kind of big subject matters, um, because it, it just kind of resonates better. They kind of they look at us like they think like they think you're smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so one other question I want to ask you, um, which is when you were a participant and you were competing, um, what was kind of the favorite part of competing for you? And I, I want to kind of put away some of the things we talk about, the the creativity, collaboration, um, critical problem solving, that sort of thing. Um, was it the, to me, like instant challenge to me was probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, what was it like you looked for and like in your team practices um, or just kind of like getting together with your friends to do do the program? What was your favorite thing? Right. So um, I I, th- I would say especially during my elementary and middle school years, uh, we had a team manager named uh, Julianne and she was kind of our icy, fun mom sort of person. And like mm-hmm. our instant challenges would sometimes to bake be, uh, would be to bake unicorn cookies within like 30 minutes, even though the instruction says you need 50 minutes uh, doing things like that. Or maybe just having sleepover with my DI friends, um, working on DI for 48 hours straight, working in the snow 
um, being like how our hands just freezing off, but still having fun with like hair dryers and whatnot. Who knows? But <laughs> I would say those are probably the most memorable memories where we just kind of did stupid stuff, but we were still productive while doing the stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think sometimes doing stupid things is where you can get some of the most creative solutions as well. Exactly. Um, just when you kind of let your guard down. Kind of my one of my last real questions here is kind of what kind of advice do you have for other students that may be listening to you um, and how they can um, kind of grow themselves, either go out and find a mentor if they're not in the Washington area? What kind of what advice would you have for them? Well, I guess my one piece of advice would be to really follow your passion. Um, for me, that was destination imagination. But if you're interested in reading and writing, go ahead and follow that passion. DI has many outlooks for you to really open up that pathway. Um, if you're looking for mentors, I would say um, many uh, state affiliates have contacts which have alumni uh uh, information, you can probably reach out to them. And there's probably at least a couple alumni in your area who want to help you out after seeing what DI had did, did for them. Um, and in general, I would just say Destination Imagination itself is a great program, no matter how far you get, whether it's regional, state, or globals, no matter where you end up in that competitive scale, DI has the it really does have that unique personality to it, which will help develop you for the future and help you become successful no matter where you go. I think you said that perfectly. Better than a lot of us say it when we, we say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if people want to kind of follow your journey and your company, uh, where could they find you on, on the internet or on social media? Right. So right now, my primary communication is done through our website, which is www.stemswithazeducation.org. And that's kind of where I post everything about my events, pictures of how uh, our STEM teams are doing and events and our mentors. And that's also, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, that's also the place to go. Fantastic. Well, I am Gupta. Thank you so much for joining us on the Creative Chat. Uh, I can't wait for you to officially graduate high school and you can officially join the alumni ranks. Uh, look forward to seeing you sporting a red tie um, as you, you move on and up in the world. And I can't wait to see what else you you accomplish as you continue. Yes, for sure. Thank you for letting me share my story. Um, I really hope that it helps inspire others to continue doing what they love to do and make an impact on the world. This has been the Creative Chat, presented by the Destination Imagination Alumni Council. This episode has been produced by me, Michael Russell, with Angela House and Erica Solis. Additional help from Kate Nylander and Austin Ebelhair. Our music today from the Free Music Archive is Take Me Higher by Jazar and Broke for Free by Night Owl. You can visit us online at destinationimagination.org. You can find the Alumni Council on Facebook at Destination Imagination AAP, on Instagram at DI Alumni, and on Twitter at DI underscore alumni. You can send us your questions or comments at Alumni Council at DIHQ.org. For all of us at the DI Alumni Council, I'm Michael Russell. Stay creative, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>